0: Thank you for listening to this service from Calvary of Albuquerque. It's our hope that this message will help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When I first met Franklin Graham, he told me something I'll never forget. He said, God has called me to the gutters of this world and to the places that that nobody else wants to go. And though he has indeed preached the gospel to hundreds of thousands of people every year through crusade evangelism as the president of Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, Franklin has stayed true to his calling to never forget the poor and the disenfranchised. And uh, he began a project several years ago called Operation Christmas Child. It's a very simple idea. ...that we've been a part of, and it has grown, and it consumes a lot of his time and energy, especially this time of the year. And because of the demands to either be on television or at press conferences or at many of the centers around the countries that send these out, that pack these boxes, he has still managed to make time to come here this weekend, and we're so glad to have Franklin Graham. Please welcome this man.
1: Thank you. Thank you, uh, Skip. Uh, I want to thank uh, the church, all of you, uh, Lenya, uh, you, you folks have done just a remarkable job every year when it comes to packing uh, shoe boxes and uh, sending them to children around the world. Many times people ask me, Well, Franklin, how did you come up with that idea? I'm not that smart. Uh, I had a man in England back during the war in Bosnia about 15 years ago. He called me in July. He said, "Uh, Mr. Graham, he said, we're going to take some shoeboxes to children in Bosnia uh, at Christmas. We're going to give out Christmas gifts. Would you like to help us in North America? Well, I mean, you can't say no to helping children in wartime. I said, absolutely, we would be glad to help you. Now, to be honest with you, but when I hung up the phone, I bet you it hadn't gone An hour, and I had forgotten about it. I mean, you don't think about Christmas in July, okay? Well, my secretary, Donna Tony comes into my office uh first week of December, said, "Um, Franklin, there's a man calling from England, and he's wanting to know how many shoeboxes you have collected. (laughs) And the way she said shoeboxes, I knew, uh uh-oh, I forgot all about it. But I didn't want to admit that, okay? So... I said, listen, it's good to hear from you. We're still working on it. Call me next week. Boy, when I hung up the phone, uh, let me tell you something. I hit uh, warp speed. I called uh, one church down in Charlotte, Ross Roads. I said, Ross, if you could just take an empty shoebox and hold it up to your congregation and ask them to fill it with toys for children... And then bring them to church next Sunday. I said, I'll collect them. I've got U.S. Airways. They're going to take these boxes over to, to London and they'll join the other boxes that are there and we're going to take them to Bosnia. You know, if I can get a couple thousand, I'm telling you, that's, that's all I need. That's just, can you do it? Do it quick, please. This guy's going to call me back. I need some shoe boxes. Ross said, Franklin, I'll, you know, I'll do what I can. I can't guarantee you that anybody will help you, but let's see what happens. Well, the next Monday he calls me, he said, "Franklin, I need you to come down and pick up these boxes. And he sounded a little bit desperate. I said, well, yeah. He said, no, you need to come today. He said, they're really, he said, they're in the way. He said, they're in the foyer, they're in the gym, uh, they're in the hallway, and I need you to come get them. I said, well, how many do you think there are? He said, I have no idea. Just come get them. And we went down there with a box. I mean, truck, and the truck wasn't big enough. We had to go get one of those U-Haul trucks and fill that up. We had 28,000 shoeboxes. They didn't come all from that church. There was there were teachers in that church that uh, taught in the public school. They took it back and got their classes to do it that week. There was a man that had a radio program that went across the United States, a Bible lesson program. And during the Bible lesson, he talked about that week, what they could, people could do. And so boxes came in from all over the country to that one church, but God did it in one week, okay? One week. We sent the boxes over there that year, and uh, one of the guys that worked for me said, You know, Franklin, we might want to do this next year. I think there's something to it. Later that year, the guy in England called up. He said, Listen, uh, Mr. Graham... He said, we're not going to do that anymore, and if you want to run with it, go ahead, but we're out of it. I said, really? I said, why? He said, we can't afford it. It's just bankrupting us. We just can't do it. So if you can do it, go ahead. So I got our team together, and I said, guys, listen. This isn't about just putting smiles on children's faces. It's about giving a gift to kids that are, never had a gift, kids that are down in the ditches and the gutters of this world, kids that have been beaten up by poverty, by war, disease, taking boxes to these kids. If we just put a smile on their face, what good is that? If we can go give this box and do it in such a way that we can introduce them to the, the true meaning behind Christmas, that God so loved this world that He gave His only begotten Son... That whosoever believeth in him shouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. If we can do that, if we can take these boxes and use it as a channel, use it as a tool to tell these, go- these children about God's love for them, let's do it. But if we can't communicate the gospel, then, you know, we're wasting our time. The guy said, Franklin, let's try. Okay, let's do it. And uh, we started t- turning this program into an evangelistic program. And God blessed it. Uh, the second year we did it, you were involved. From the second year till today, this church has been one of the key churches behind Operation Christmas Child. And I want to thank you. I, I was here a couple of years ago uh, with Skip on a Sunday morning, and it was in between services. And there was a one of the pastors came up and said, uh, Franklin, there's a-, a lady that would like to give you her shoebox, and she wants you to carry her shoebox. I thought, well, okay. But, boy, if everybody does that, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, but, okay, uh, he said, well, she's. is it okay if she comes up here and presents it to you? So I kind of turned to Skip, and Skip said, sure, tell her to come on up. You know, it's not my office, it's Skip's office. So this uh, young girl comes up, and she's kind of nervous, and her hands are trembling. And she stands very, very straight, very erect, and she said, Mr. Graham? Well, I knew she went from around Albuquerque. Uh, I said, yes. She said, Mr. Graham, would you take my box and give it to a young girl for me? I said, sure. She said, Mr. Graham, ten years ago, I was in Bosnia. And it was a cold winter. And We were living in tents. We hadn't had a bath in months. No hot water. Our clothes smelled stale. Our bedding was stale. We were dirty. We were afraid. We didn't know what the future held for us. And we heard some Americans were coming with some shoebox gifts for us children. And we were so excited. And every day we we just wondered, is this the day when... When they'll come and, you know, and next day, was this the day? And after about a week, she said, Mr. Graham, you came and you gave boxes. And I got a box and I ran back to my tent and I I opened the box. And she said, everything smelled so clean. And she held the box up and her little nose kind of wrinkled up as she was imitating how she smelled the box, you know. And she said, Mr. Graham, there was a doll, there was a a hat, there was gloves, and she described all the things that were in her box. And she said, Mr. Graham, it gave me hope. And it meant so much to me. She said, I've now immigrated to the United States. I'm going to the University of New Mexico. She said, I've got a job at Walmart. (laughs) And she said, I've packed my box. And Mr. Graham, could you please... Give my box to a young girl like I was 10 years ago. We have had people not only pack boxes that had received boxes like this young lady, but we have had children who got a box who were adopted by the people that gave the box. And now, I don't know how that works. God does. See, I ask everybody who packs a box to pray. Pray It's not let you open up a box and you say a quick prayer and you shut the lid on it real quick to try to... You know, catch the prayer in a box. And that's not what I'm talking about. Pray for the one who's going to get the box, okay? God knows who's going to get the box. I don't know. And if everybody prays, and I ask everybody, put your picture in the box. Put your address in the box. Because I want the child who gets the box to see who gave the box. And if they can, to write you back and say thank you. I would love to see millions of little bridges of contact from around the world with churches here in this country and churches around the world. And so pray, pray for the children that are going to get the box, that God will use your box in such a way that the gospel is made known to those children. So I just want to thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, Operation Christmas Child this year will be about 8.2 million boxes this year. Um, Every box... the the box the, the operation christmas child now is the largest christmas program in the world uh it's it's moved past toy for tots and uh some of these other programs that are out there and it's not because of anything that we have done it's just because i've seen god bless it okay and when people are praying if you if we have 8 million people praying we know god We'll answer the prayer of one righteous person. But to have 8 million people praying for God to do something with children around the world, using these boxes for His glory, not for our glory, but for God's glory, to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to these children. Don't you think God's going to do something? You think God's going to ignore those prayers? No. God is going to do something in a mighty way. And so as these boxes go these next couple of weeks, they're going to over 110 different countries. And I just say thank you thank you for your support thank you for your prayers but don't quit praying keep praying as long as those boxes are in route that god would get them right in the right hands of the right people the right children at the right moment the right time uh, i want to take uh, this this evening and just just look at the scripture just for a few minutes and i want to look at john chapter 3 And my question, I guess I've got a question to you tonight. Does your religion save you? Okay, your religion. Now, you say, Franklin, what do you mean by my religion? Well, people have all kinds of ideas when you ask a person, what religion are you? Uh, Some people say, well, I'm a Catholic. Some people will say, well, I'm a Pentecostal. Or somebody else will say, well, I'm a Hindu or I'm a Buddhist. Or someone will say, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I remember I asked a cab driver one time. I said, um, "Are you a Christian?" He said, "Oh yes." I said, "Well, tell me how you came to faith in Jesus Christ." And he turned around and he stared at me. <laughs> he said, uh, "He said uh, uh, my aunt was a Christian." Huh? Yeah, my my aunt. Yeah, she was a Christian. So, so you're a Christian? Oh yeah, my aunt was a Christian. So when people, when you ask people. But they have all kinds of ideas about what their religion is and, and what they believe or what they don't believe. Um, now this is not a campaign year, okay? Um, last year was campaign, but this year is not campaign. We're not talking about a campaign, so I'll just kind of give you um, what I've asked some of the candidates. Uh, I asked John McCain, John, tell me how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Well, he said I was in a prison camp over in uh, uh, in Hanoi. And he said, I was really mistreated. He said, you know, they tied my hands behind my back. They beat me. Uh, we slept on cold concrete. And um, he, one day at Christmas, uh, one year at Christmas, he was in prison for a number of years, he said a guard uh, would come up late at night, and these, these, these ropes that were real tight behind my back, he would loosen them so I could have a little comfort. And then in the morning, he would come and tie them, tie them back real tight. And then the next night, uh, he would come and he would loosen them. And then he would tie him back real tight before the early dawn. And he said, we were out in the prison yard, and one of the guards, uh, this guard that that would loosen my ropes at night, came up and he just took his foot and he drew a cross in the sand. And then he took his foot and he covered up the cross. I said, okay. Well, he said, that's it. I mean, that's your testimony? Yeah. He said, that's, yeah. Oh, Okay. So I kind of thought about that. Well, I kind of scratched my head, but I thought, okay, that's his testimony. Uh, uh, senator Obama, I was with him. And when he was senator, of course, he's now our president. I said, uh, Senator, could you tell me how you came to faith in Jesus Christ? He said, I was organizing churches down on the south side of Chicago. And one of the people came up and said, Franklin, or our senator, or not that, he was a state senator. Uh, what church do you belong to down here? He said, well, I don't belong to any church. He said, if you're going to come down here and organize us, you've got to join one of our churches. And he kind of then uh, Mr. Obama looked at me. I said, that's it? Yeah? Oh, okay. I said, uh, Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I mean, do do you you believe that? He said, well, um, my mother... Um, she she was she didn't believe but she was a good woman and um, and i think i i know i'll see her in heaven i said oh okay um, i didn't want to argue with him but people have different opinions as to what religion is okay and and whether they're going to go to heaven and whether they're safe now i just want to look at what the bible says all right so forget what somebody else says just let's look at what the bible and let's judge it by the bible and then i want to ask the question to you are you sure of your faith are you ready to stand before a holy god <laughs> if you died tonight would god welcome you would he receive you and you say well i think so i'm not talking about thinking nothing i'm talking about do you know it okay do you know it without any shadow of doubt are you convinced if you're not, let's just look at this passage of Scripture. John chapter 3, verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know your teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he can't enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Now, Nicodemus is coming to Jesus um, at night. Now, he's a smart guy. He's an intellectual. He's a, he's a Pharisee. He's got a lot of education. You know, back then, I don't think they had PhDs and DDTs and all that kind of stuff after their name. But, I mean, he had all that stuff. Uh, the guy's a smart guy. He was a moral guy. He was respected in his community. He was kind of the, one of the leading um, citizens of Jerusalem at that time. He was religious. And many people trusted him. And he comes to Jesus under the cover of darkness. Jesus told Nicodemus that people don't want to come into the light. That people want to stay in the dark because their, their deeds are evil, that Jesus goes on to tell Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes in the middle of the night. And I don't think he, he wanted to be seen with Jesus. I think he was afraid of his own secret sins. I think deep down in his life, there were sins that he was living, sins that he was committing, that only he knew about. And no one else knew about it. And he's got this guilt and he's got this shame. And I think he comes to Jesus. And I think his real question was, how can I be sure that my sins are forgiven? How can I be sure that I'm going to heaven? I believe that's what he really wanted to know. Because that's how Jesus answered it. Jesus said, you have to be born again. And so Nicodemus comes and he's got this secret life. He's got this private life. And every one of us in here, I can tell you right now, There are many of you here tonight, you've got secret sins in your life that if anyone were to find out, you would be so embarrassed, so appalled. But I want you to know God sees it. God knows about it. And maybe you have come tonight because of the guilt and the shame in your own life. And you're wanting to know how can I be free? How can I be be free of this guilt and the shame? Tonight you can be free because I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a few minutes to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Tonight you can come to God and ask for His forgiveness and receive His salvation, Jesus Christ, into your heart. But you've got to choose, okay? You've got to choose. Nicodemus comes and, you know, he can't sleep. And he's troubled deep down in his soul. And my question is, what's troubling you tonight? Are you, are you hooked on pornography? Do you sit in your room when no one's watching and you turn on the computer and you, you look at things that you know that your wife or your mother or your father would not approve? And you're looking at that and, and you're feeding on that? I had a man that worked for me for a number of years, and he was a good guy. But I could tell something was wrong in his life just by things that were going on. And I I didn't know what it was. And it wasn't until after a number of years he just said, Franklin, I've been hooked on pornography. And uh, nobody knows it. My wife doesn't know it. My family doesn't know it. And it was something that he had been carrying for a number of years, his secret sins. And maybe you've come tonight, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's an unwanted pregnancy. Maybe you just see... The failures in your own life, and you're just wanting to know how you can turn your life around. Well, I want you to know you can turn your, own, your life around. You can do it tonight by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Whatever is wrong, I want you to know. Listen to me. God loves you, okay? He loves each and every one of you in here. And God so loved this world, so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son. And I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus Christ is the answer. But you've got to be willing to come to Him. You've got to be willing to confess your sins, repent, and by faith receive Christ. You be, be, you be prepared to come in just a moment. Jesus said, I'm the way. He said, I'm the truth and I'm the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. See, there's a lot of religion in the world. And you've, you've got a lot of wonderful people. You've got a lot of wonderful Muslim people. You've got a lot of wonderful Hindu people. But I'm here to tell you that Buddha cannot get you to heaven. Uh, Muhammad cannot get you to heaven And I'm not saying anything bad about these folks I'm here to tell you that they're sincere They really do seek And they're wanting uh, to have a relationship with God But I can tell you right now The only way you can have that relationship with God Is through His Son, Jesus Christ And my question to you tonight Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you trusted Him? Have you invited Him into your heart? Are you sure? You can be sure in just a moment Is there an emptiness in your life? Is your life in such a mess you don't know where to go or what to do? You come to Christ. That's what you need to do tonight. Before Nicodemus could even pay Jesus a compliment. Remember, he's coming to Jesus under the cover of darkness. Before he could even pay him a compliment, Jesus looked at him and said, You've got to be born again. It probably stunned him he didn't know what to say if jesus had said this to the woman at the well who had had five husbands and who was now living with another man in adultery she wasn't married to him if jesus had said to her you got to be born again nicodemus would have said yeah i get it yeah yeah, that's good lord no he said it is he said it to him to nicodemus or zacchaeus the tax collector remember that guy he was cheating everybody he was a jew who worked for the romans and he cheated everybody if Jesus had said that to him, Nicodemus would have understood. But you see, he was a Pharisee, and as a Pharisee, he was moral, he tithed, he prayed, he was te- uh, teaching in the temple, he did all the right things. Most churches would have been thrilled to have somebody like him. A Sunday school teacher, like, they'd say, man, he would be great, let's get him into the, let's, let's vote him in right now. <laughs> Nicodemus was stunned. But you see, religion is not enough. And that's what Jesus was telling Nicodemus, one of the most religious men in the New Testament who comes and stands before our Lord at night, Nicodemus. Jesus said, your religion is not enough. And many people say, you know, well, I'm a Catholic. Okay, great. But being a Catholic's not going to save you. Or I was raised in the Presbyterian church, and uh, there are a lot of folks that, well, Boy, if you, you know, you're you not going to get to heaven unless you're a Presbyterian. Well, I can tell you right now, there are going to be a lot of disappointed Presbyterians. Um, being a Presbyterian is not going to save you. Being a Baptist isn't going to save you. Being a Methodist isn't going to save you. Being Pentecostal is not going to save you. Somebody may say, well, hey, listen, I go to Calvary. Well, that's great. Well, I listen to Skip all the time. That's great. That's not going to save you. You've got to have a relationship with God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you don't do that, I'm telling you, you're in you're in for a great surprise because the only way you can come to god is through faith in his son jesus christ you've got to be born again okay there's no other way to god you've got to be born again that's why i'm going to give you an opportunity in just a few moments to experience this new birth if you're here tonight and you've never experienced the new birth you be prepared to come in just a moment and nicodemus said how can these things be how can that can i enter a second time into my, my mother's womb how does that work The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Bible says we have all sinned and we've all come short of God's glory. Where does sin come from? Sin came into this world. The Bible says sin entered this world through one man and death Through sin. In the the same way, death came to all men because all have sinned. Every last one of us, we're guilty of sin. And sin separates us from God. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin separates you from God for eternity. And the wages of sin is death. That's the penalty. Franklin Graham is a sinner. Franklin Graham stands here tonight. I'm here to tell you that I am a sinner. But the difference between me and maybe some of you is that... I've been forgiven. And I've been forgiven because I got down on my knees one night and I asked God to forgive me. And I was 22 years old and I confessed my sins to God. I asked for His forgiveness. And that night I received Jesus Christ, His Son, into my heart, into my life. That night God forgave me. Now, I don't deserve it, okay? I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. I deserve punishment. But He's forgiven me. He's forgiven me, and he'll forgive you tonight if you're willing to trust him. You say, but Franklin, you know, what, do you, what do you mean by sin? Well, murder is sin, okay? You say, well, but Franklin, I haven't killed anybody. Well, abortion is murder. And there are people right here tonight, you're guilty of murder. There's, there's women that have, that have had abortions. There are men that have approved of their girlfriend or their wife having an abortion or their daughter having an abortion. That's murder. You're part of it. Your hands have blood on it. But I want you to know tonight, God will forgive you. He'll take that guilt. He'll take that shame. He'll take that that burden, and He'll release you, and He'll set you free tonight from all of that. But you've got to come to Him through faith in Jesus Christ. We see when Jesus Christ died on that cross, He took your sins to that cross. That's right. He took your sins and He died on that cross for you. He shed His blood for you. And on the third day, God raised Him to life. Jesus Christ is alive. He's here right now in this sanctuary. And tonight, He'll come into your heart. He'll forgive you and He'll cleanse you and He'll set you free. But you've got to be willing to come to Him through faith. And I'm going to give you that opportunity in just a moment. Adultery is sin. Any type of sexual relationship outside of a marriage relationship, okay, a marriage relationship, and a marriage relationship between a man and a woman, all right, any type of sexual relationship outside of that is a sin against God. And there are many of you here in this sanctuary that are guilty of sexual sins. But tonight God will forgive you. That's right. He will forgive you. He'll cleanse you. But you've got to be willing to come to God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Dishonoring your parents is a sin. Worshiping other gods is a sin. Not keeping the Sabbath day is a sin. And the point is, all of us are guilty. None of us have been able to keep God's laws, okay? Even if you've kept all of them, you were born in sin. Every one of us here, Franklin Graham is a sinner. And we've got to be born again. And you say, but Franklin, what's the new birth? What does he mean by that? The Bible says, I'll give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit within you tonight. You can have a new spirit, a new beginning, but you've got to come to God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Peter called it repenting and being converted. Paul speaks of it in Romans as being brought back from death to life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's right. You can become a new creation. The new birth isn't a change in the body. It's not a physical change. The new birth is a new direction. It's the union of your soul with Jesus Christ. And Christ will come through the Holy Spirit. And He'll come and reside inside you tonight if you're willing to let Him. How how can you obtain the new birth? Jesus, Nicodemus said, how can these things be? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth. And that's my question to you tonight. Do you believe? You've got to be willing to believe. If you come to God, you've got to be willing to believe. You've got to be willing to believe and trust in His Son, Jesus Christ, tonight. If you're willing to do that, God will forgive you. The Bible says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. You have to make a choice. You can either accept it or you can reject it. It's your choice. God's not going to force himself on you. God loves you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to cleanse you. God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have fellowship. Jesus Christ will come into your heart to live, but you've got to choose either to accept Christ or to reject him. It's your, it's your choice. He doesn't force himself. My question is, will you accept him today? The Bible says, for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. And it's not by works so that no one can boast. That's right. By grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. It's not of works. You cannot work for your salvation. There are a lot of people who tell me, you know, well, I've done good. I've given money, I've built buildings. I've... And they'll tell me all the good things that they have done. <laughs> President Obama said his mother was a good woman. It's not enough, Mr. President. You've got to be born again. Religion is not enough. You've got to be born again. Being a Catholic's not enough. You've got to be born again. Being a Baptist isn't enough. You've got to be born again. Being at Calvary, this is a good place to be, best place in New Mexico. But it's not enough. You've got to be born again, okay? You've got to be born again. And it's a personal choice that you have to make. Either you do it, either you accept it by faith, or you don't. I was 22 years old. And it's not that I didn't believe in God. I did believe, okay? I just didn't want Jesus Christ being in charge. I wanted to be in charge. It's kind of like, you know, there's a car and someone starts to get behind the wheel, but you want to get behind it. What? You want to drive. You want to kind of be in charge. (laughs) I wanted to run my own life. But I can tell you right now, my life was in trouble. My life was upside down. It was in a mess. I was living in sin. I was miserable. And I finally got to the place where I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Have you ever been there? And I got on my knees one night. and I said, God, I have sinned against you. I'm sorry. If you could just take the pieces of my life and somehow put it together, it's yours. I'll give it to you right now. And I'll take my hands off. But I want to be forgiven i want to be cleansed and i want christ to come and live inside of me and change me and mold me and that night god forgave franklin graham and christ came into my heart and he forgave me i know tonight that if i were to die i'd go into the presence of almighty god and i'll be there because of the blood of jesus christ because when jesus christ died on calvary's cross He died for my sins. He shed His blood for my sins. He died in my place. He took my my place. And when He was buried, He took my sins to the grave. And on the third day, God raised His Son to life. On the third day, God said, it's enough. On the third day, God said, it's finished. On the third day, God brought His Son back out of the ground to life. And that's Jesus Christ that God raised from the dead will come into your heart tonight. And he'll reside and he'll live inside of you. And He'll guide you and direct you in all that you do. But you've got to confess your sins to God. You've got to admit to God that you're a sinner. You have to tell God that you're sorry. And you've got to repent. Repent means to turn from your sins. You can't come to faith in Christ and then go right back into your sin. No. You come tonight to Christ, you've got to be willing to turn from your sins. Okay? And by coming tonight, you're coming by faith. Trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Inviting Him to come into your heart and give and surrendering your life to Him. Will you do that? If you've never done that, listen to me tonight. If you've never invited Christ into your heart, you can do that right now. I just want to ask you just to get up out of your seat, make your way to an aisle, come stand right here in the front, and when we have all come, we'll just have a word of prayer. But this is a, this is a a holy moment. You're not coming to Franklin Graham. I can't save you. You're coming tonight to experience this new birth that, that is spoken of here in John. When Jesus met with Nicodemus and said, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. He was a good man, a good guy. But being good isn't enough. You've got to be cleansed of your sin. The only way you can be cleansed of your sin is by receiving Jesus Christ. You say, but Franklin, why Jesus Christ? I, I mean, how come I just can't go directly to God? Because God gave His Son as a sacrifice for you. And there's no other way to God except through Christ. You have to come through Christ because Jesus Christ is the only one in all of history to die for you. He is the only one to take your sins. No one else has taken your sins. It's Jesus and it's Jesus Christ alone. Have you trusted him? Do you know him? (laughs) If you have never met him, and if you want to confess your sins tonight and ask God's forgiveness and by faith receive Christ into your heart, just get up right now and come stand here and we'll just have a word of prayer. Remember, you're not coming to me. You're coming tonight to God. Through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. You come right now, wherever you are. Just get up and come. I want to say a word to those of you that have come. By coming, you're saying tonight, you're saying to God, I'm a sinner. You say, but Franklin, doesn't God know that? (laughs) Yeah, He knows that. He wants to hear you say it, okay? And by coming tonight, you're saying to God, I'm sorry, and I want to turn from my sins. And by coming tonight, you're saying... I believe Jesus Christ is God's Son who took my sins and died for me, whom God raised to life. And I want to invite Christ to come into my heart to take control of my life tonight and change me. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now, okay? you Just pray out loud after me, okay? I'll I'll lead you in the prayer, but just pray out loud after me. Let's pray. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. I believe Jesus Christ is your Son. I believe that He took my sins and died on the cross. And that you raised Him to life. And I want to invite Jesus to come into my heart. To take control of me. From this day forward, forevermore. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this service from Calvary of Albuquerque. If you would like more information about what you've heard in this message or about Calvary of Albuquerque, please visit our website at www.calvaryabq.org.